It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for joining us for what would be another impactful edition of Sound of Strength Midweek Online Devotion by Wale Adeniron. We believe that what you're about to listen to will equip and empower you for today and for your future. Do follow along and enjoy. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hananiesano Tacoma Tamai Matomimon. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We are awake to your life. God, you are moving over this generation.
that the sons and daughters may prophesy. Yeah, we wake up from sleeping, we arise. Awake, awake. There's a cry in the spirit. Holy Ghost, awake up. This army of God shall arise, shall arise. Awake all. Everyone that's been called of God. I wake up in this generation. I wake, I wake Glory to God. Glory to God. Good morning. Good morning. This is Wale at You're welcome to Sound of Strength. Our midweek online devotion. It is time for us to gather around the Word of God. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, whenever we come under listening to the Word of God, we are coming under the power of God, under the influence of God, under the direction of God, under the inspiration of God, and that inspiration will give us understanding as it is written. There is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. Hallelujah. Can we just celebrate God this morning? Firstly, by saying, Father, we are blessed to have you in our lives. Thank him this morning because you are connected to Jesus. Why don't you just spend one minute to say, Father, thank you. Thank you for my connection with you through Christ Jesus. Thank you for the salvation of my soul, which is the most important. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord, for the great Holy Spirit that now indwells me. Thank you because the Spirit of God that is on my inside is the Spirit of counsel, is the Spirit of might, is the Spirit of wisdom, is the Spirit of direction, is the Spirit of power, is the Spirit of knowledge, is the Spirit of the fear of the Lord, is the Spirit of understanding. Father, we just bless your name for this great opportunity to come and dine with your word, to come and dine with your wisdom, to come and dine with your power, to hear from you. Thank you, Lord, because your word is not scarce in our generation. Thank you because your word is not uh, unavailable to us. We are able to access your word, to hear your voice, to see what you say, to know your thoughts, your direction, your idea concerning anything, and your idea is always right. Lord, we just come and say thank you. Thank you, Father. For we lay down and we slept. We are woke because you kept us. Oh, why don't you talk to God by yourself? I'm just giving you a direction to talk in. This just means that you're supposed to be the one talking to God because God is your father. Come on, you would like to hear your voice this day. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, the scripture says, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and do not forget all of his benefits. Who forgives our sins, who heals us, us of our diseases. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Our Father is faithful, our banner is faithful, our keeper is faithful, our rock is faithful. 
the God who was, the God who is, the God who is to come. We bow before your majesty. You are not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. The word is yes and amen. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lira darino sosokredeneshu teboa. Thank you, Lord. Libandre venoshiti. Nkor brigadir diba hosifrenazo. Thank you, Jehovah God Almighty. We bless your name. You have been faithful. You have been kind. You have been generous. We ascribe the glory to you. All that we've seen working good in our lives. All that we've seen work fine in our lives. It has been by your hand. All that we need, your right hand of power has provided. So we come with gratitude today. Yes, Lord, we come with praise today. We come with appreciation today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy name, we have prayed. And someone said a mighty amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to go into the word right now. So we are going to pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word is true. We thank you, Lord, because you speak to us, because you love to speak to your children. So, Lord, this day, I ask, O God, that you grant unto us the working of your spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you will cause everyone who is listening to this teaching, this word, this sermon, this sound, this day, to hear from you. Cause us, O God, to know your will concerning our lives, to receive direction, illumination, and revelation in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for it is done. In Jesus' holy name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. And someone said, Amen. All right. If you're here with me, why don't you say something in the comment section? Good morning once again. This morning, by the grace of God, I'll be speaking to you on the topic, making progress. Making progress. And this will be, uh, we'll be doing this under about 40 minutes. Uh, this teaching will be less than 40 minutes. Uh, according to my plan, the Lord gives me grace. But I want you to know that God wants you to make progress. And he's giving this word to you to know how to chatter your way, to, how, to know how to move into the direction of progress. Firstly, what is progress? Progress is forward or onward movement towards a destination. You know, if the destination is therefore not known, then whatever movement you're making, you can actually misinterpret to be progress because you can be moving backward and still think you're moving forward. The compass the direction, the map of life gives us ability to know if we're moving sideways, backwards, or forwards. So God wants to bring you to a place of progress, and he has this word for you as a compass, for you to move, to advance, to have onward movement towards your destination. And I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, you will move forward from this day in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say after me, I move forward. Oh, say loud and clear. I move forward. Hallelujah. The Bible says about the believer, this shows the plan of God for your life. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, it says, But the path of the just is like the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Hallelujah. So it says the path of the just. The path of the just means the path of the righteous person. The one who is saved is the righteous person that is being talked about here. 
So it says your path, the way God designed it, is like a shiny light. It shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. It's like you're getting closer to the place where the full light is. It says it shines brighter. That means that your yesterday, your last year, should not be better than your today and your this year. That's why the Bible says it shall not be said that the days of old are better than today. I declare over your life, you will not have a better last year. This day shall be better than yesterday. This week shall be better than last week. This month shall be better than last month. This year shall be better than last year in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen to that. Type amen also in the comment section. So we see that the mind of God for you is for you to make progress. Also in the book of Psalms 92. Psalms 92 verse 12 to verse 14. Psalms 92 verse 12 to verse 14. It says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. You shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So you see there that there is growth embedded in the DNA, in the plan of God for you as a righteous person. It says in verse 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. So the Bible says that regardless of how much you've progressed in life, it talks about the person who is now aged. It says that's not an excuse. It says you might have had obstacles so far. It looks like you've been in a spot for so long. You might look so old in that thing you're doing. But it says in old age, you shall still bring forth fruit. You shall still progress. You shall still have onward movement towards a destination. I declare so shall it be for you in the name of Jesus Christ. So if God has it for us in mind, in his plan, in his construct for the believer to always have progress, in their daily lives, in our weekly lives, in our monthly lives, then what can actually be is reason behind us having and making progress. I'm going to share with you 10 reasons why you must make progress. Number one is God commands and desires your progress. Number one reason why you as a believer, you need to make progress is because God commands and desires your progress. You see, like we said earlier, the Bible makes us see that what God has planned for the path of the just is constant progress. Constant progress. Daily progress. Weekly progress. Constant progress. Sometimes it doesn't look like you're making a daily progress, like you're making daily progress, but really, in the construct of things, all that God has for you is progress. And I declare over your life that in the name of Jesus Christ, you walk into the progress plan of God for your life oh i say that again you walk into the progress plan of god for your life stagnation is not your friend stagnation is your enemy god wants you to move forward god wants you to advance god wants you to progress you know in the book of luke chapter 14 verse 23 it says and the lord said unto the servants go out into the highways and edges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So God has a house. God has a plan for his house. That even, that even in his house, there will be progress. That in his family, there will be progress. That, that in his own institution, there will be progress. As God's kingdom is progressing on earth, 
is flourishing on us, I declare that you will also flourish in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I declare you will also flourish in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So number one again is God commands and desires your progress. Number two is if you don't progress, you will regress. You know, life is like a moving train. The earth itself is constantly moving on a particular orbit around the sun. There is constant movement. And when the sun, when the earth uh, makes a complete rotation around the sun, you know, that is called a complete year. So the earth really is aging. The movement of the earth is constant and the movement of you who is on earth cannot be stagnated. If not, when you are stagnant, when the earth is progressing, you are not actually stagnant, you are regressing. God wants you not just to progress. He wants you to understand that without progressing, you are actually regressing. Number three is being stationary leads to stagnation and ruin. So whatever you know about stagnation needs to make you understand that stagnation is close to ruin. So I say that again. Number three is being stationary leads to stagnation and ruin. You see, if you leave a house in a particular state, lock that house and come back in one year, you will find out that because of the stagnation, the things have not been moved around. The, the chairs have not been moved up and down. The curtains, the walls, there's no sweeping. The old house is just closed up, locked up the windows, locked up the doors and everything, you know, and you leave the place for one year, you know, you'll see that there's decadence. The things will begin to rot. Unlike when you lived in the house for a year, you use those things, you use the chair, you use the stool, you use the table, you use the, uh, the rug, you will see that things being left on their own naturally gets ruin. So God is saying, if there is no progress, you are attracting ruin. Being stationary leads to stagnation and ruin. Number four reason why you must make progress is that God has this in mind for you to go forward and go forward is the eternal message of God to his people. I say that again. Go forward is the eternal message of God for his people. Somebody say after me, I go forward. Oh, say that again. Say, I go forward. God has a plan for his people to always go forward. Number five is your progress determines your future. Your progress in life determines your future. How much you progress is how much you're making your future. You know, we tend to believe that our future is just something that is going to happen. It's just going to happen on its own. One way or the other, we have this uh, wrong beliefs based on religion, where we call something uh, my destiny. As if destiny is magical. As if destiny. And you see, as I've continually, I'm, I'm still growing in the Lord, I've found out that many beliefs we have, um, as believers, especially in the country where half of the population, uh, they say, are Muslims and half of the population are Christians, are not putting in, into consideration the people who are um, idol worshippers or maybe atheists. You know, in, in Christendom, many of our beliefs have been very much influenced by Muslims, by we cooperating with them, living with them, schooling with them from our primary school times. Many of your beliefs, many of the things you think are of God are actually Islamic religion 
spilled into Christianity made to look like this is how God says it should be. And it should not be so. You know, so when people say things like uh, it's destiny, if it's supposed to be, it's going to be. The Bible never says so. The Bible talks about things like work out your salvation with fear and trembling. All right. That means if you don't work it out, the salvation you already have in Christ that is in you is not going to manifest on the outward. Uh, if God wants to manifest through me, he will manifest through me. No, the Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man will see God in your life. He's talking about people seeing God in your life. So God says, pray without season. All right. He says, you fall into temptation because you don't pray. Jesus says, if you don't pray, you will fall into temptation. Someone says, well, I fell into temptation. God understood this was already going to happen. No, God says you fell because of prayerlessness. Oh, he said, I fell into that temptation because maybe that's how it's supposed to be. Well, God says by the scriptures written in the book of James, he says, when a man falls into temptation, it's not a doing of God. It's because you followed your lust, your strong desires, and you fell accordingly. Is somebody listening to this this morning? I, I've seen this and I continually see it almost every month to see things that were brought into Christendom that are absolutely not of God, but are things we drug into Christianity through Islamic uh, associations. And we must end such things so that our beliefs are purely of God. Our minds are renewed to think on what God thinks and to believe what God believes. Somebody say amen to that. So your progress determines your future. If you want a future tomorrow, you're making the future by what you do today. Number six reason why we need to make progress is you must make progress so as not to become a byword. And we need to understand that you are only as significant as how much you make an impact in society, in your world. Your significance in life diminishes as your impact, as your input diminishes. So for you not to be a byword, for you to be a light of the world that God has ordained you to be, for you to manifest that light, you must ensure that you progress. Number seven, you must progress to shame the adversaries. You know, when the people of Israel left the land of Egypt, the thoughts of the Israelites was that they might actually fail to get to that place called the promised land. And so also, other nations were expecting them to fail. They heard that they had come out miraculously and they were expecting that they were going to get dead, get eaten up by wild beasts in the wilderness. You must progress to prove that the enemy is wrong and your God is right. Somebody say, my God will be proved right in my life. Hallelujah. So you must progress. You must progress to shame the adversaries. Number eight reason why you must progress is you must progress to affect your world and be a channel of blessing. Make an impact. When you are progressing, you are able to make an impact. You know, the Bible says that do you see a man who is diligent in his business, he will stand before kings and not mean men. You know, I have a chapter in the book I wrote, 20 Truths for a Successful Year, which talks about, it breaks down the words in that verse of scripture that says you will stand before kings and not mean men. What mean men there means men of no value. You will not stand before men of no value. And is it because God doesn't like men of no value? No. The Bible says in John 3, 16 that God loves the whole world. But you see, if a man is diligent in his business, men that have great value 
are the ones who have the platform for him to showcase that thing that thing is diligent in that thing is a blessing with it is only men that are of great value that have the platform for him to manifest it so because god loves other people he has seen a man that is diligent he wants that man to be a blessing to more people he will connect him to men who are of great value those are the kings those are the people who are in power who have wealth he will connect him to those people so that those people will afford him their platform to manifest his blessing to the world i hope you got that this is not a teaching about that you can download uh, that book on the internet 20 truths for a successful year and look at my um, facebook or look at the night of prayer uh, link or night of prayer uh, podcast section and you'll see the description uh, on night of prayer podcast section that tells you how to download it hallelujah number so said number eight is you must um, progress to affect your world to be a channel of blessing make an impact number nine reason why you must make progress is that so that you can be amongst the best and not the rest god plans for you to be the topmost and not the bottom most if there's a word like that you ought to be on the upper echelon of things number 10 the last but not the least is your progress determines your dominion in life and that's just logical the more you progress the more you gain influence and your influence becomes a domineering factor hallelujah so how do i make progress in life how does a person make progress in life number one we're going to see uh, as we read the scriptures i want us to read the book of philippians chapter 3 verse 10 to verse 14. this is a very powerful concentrated portion of scripture and as you read and as i read for you if you uh, cannot read right now please listen with intent this is paul speaking he says that i may know him philippians 3 verse 10 to 14 that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering becoming like him in his death that by any means possible i may attain the resurrection from the dead not that i have already obtained this or am already perfect but i press to make it my own because christ jesus has made me his own brothers i do not consider that i have made it my own but one thing i do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward for or to what lies ahead i press on to the goal of the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus hallelujah so i read that from the english standard version so in case you're not familiar with that portion or that version let me read it in the king james version philippians 3 verse 10 to 14 apostle paul says by the spirit of god he says that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death if by any means i may attain unto the resurrection of the dead not as though i've already attained either where i already perfect but i follow after if that i may apprehend that for which also i am apprehended of christ jesus 13 brethren i count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before verse 14 i press towards the mark of the price of the high calling of god in christ jesus hallelujah 
So Paul says some things, and we're going to break down some of those things right here. So Paul says, see, I have done some things in life. I have achieved some stuff. I have a pedigree, you know. And Paul had seen miracles, signs and wonders. He had converted many souls, established many people in Christ in places where they were just unbelievers, where they were idol worshippers. Paul had, when he was a follower of God in Judaism, he was preaching the law, persecuting Christians. He did it like no man else. He was a, he said about himself in this chapter of scripture, in the earlier verses, he says, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Now Paul is saying, all the things I've done when I was not in Christ, and I was thinking I was doing those things for God, and the things that I'm now even doing for God, the things I have done for God, he says, I don't count myself to have achieved. I don't count myself to have obtained, because he says, I, I, I want to know Christ. So he knows Christ. He has encountered Christ, you know, on the road to Damascus. He had written things that people are reading. And he says, I don't count myself to have apprehended. I still want to know him, that I may know him. I want to make progress in my knowledge of God Almighty. I want to know the power of his resurrection. You see, he was already working in resurrection power. People took handkerchiefs from the body of Paul and it got people healed in a far distant place. That was a man working in resurrection power, which is the power of God working in a human being like he worked in Christ. He turned the dead body of Christ to a living body. Paul was already working in the resurrection power of Christ, but he was still saying that I may know this Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. And I want to you know, fellowship in his suffering. I want to share in his suffering. He was already beaten with rot. He had suffered shipwreck. He had been in prison. And he says, I still want to suffer for Christ. Very impressive. He says, so that I may attain the power. I may attain walking in victorious power. This man who was already experiencing this says there is much more. I'm saying to you, whatever you've seen in life, whatever you've tasted, that you see other people who come from your background have not tasted. Don't allow your competition of how the people behind me have not gotten to where I've gotten to be your limitation in life. Whatever you have enjoyed in life, there is so much more. Call your name out and say, like I'm saying to myself right now, Wale, there is so much more for you to achieve. So much ground to cover. There is so much progress ahead of you. Oh yes, that's the truth. So look at what Paul is saying. Number one thing on how to make progress in life. Five things I'm going to share. Number one, desire to do better in life. Desire to do better in life. Like Paul says, I'm, I'm present that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He had a desire. Not a desire alone, a strong desire. Desire to do better in life. Number two, have strong predetermined goals in life. Have strong predetermined goals in life. Paul said that I press onto the mark of the high calling. I have a goal. A goal is something defined. A, an end point you want to get to that will be satisfactory. An end point of achievement is what a goal is. He says, my goal. Is to press on to the goal, to the price of the upper calling, the higher calling that is in Christ. He had a goal. So what is your goal? You need to have a clear goal. If not, progress would not be a pursuit. And if progress is a pursuit without a goal, anything can be, can be called progress. And when you're also making progress, you might not know if there is no specific goal. So have strong, uh, a strong predetermined goal. 
have strong predetermined goals in your life. Number three is overcome the false feeling of arrival. That I have a right feeling. Overcome it. Paul says, no, no, no. I have done things for God in Christ Jesus, but I have not arrived. I have not arrived. I might have left off, but I have not arrived. I don't know how you feel right now. I don't know what you you have seen done in your life that other people around you, your colleagues, you left secondary school, uh, with you left university with your polytechnic or monotechnic college of education, whatever the thing they have not achieved, but you see yourself as you've achieved, they are envious of you, they wish to be in your shoes. Never allow how people see you as a person who has achieved to become your stumbling block in making progress in life. Because when you begin to constantly ruminate about that, you might lose focus. And you see, there is a delicate balance we need to maintain between gratitude and desire. Gratitude makes us say, thank you, Lord. I look behind me and I see all that you have done for me. And I thank you, Father. At the same time, desire makes us see that God has much more ahead for us. There is still much more victory to be bad in this life. So as you are grateful, you also need to be hungry. You need to be grateful and hungry. Grateful and hungry. Grateful and hungry. Somebody say, I'm grateful and I'm hungry. Or say it loud, I'm grateful and I'm hungry. You must be grateful for the victories of yesterday, of last week, of last month, of last year, of yesteryears, yet be hungry for the victory of today, the victory of this week, the victory of this month, the victory of this year, the victory of years to come. Stay hungry. Paul had this in his life. He overcame the false feeling of arrival. He overcame that feeling of, I've achieved much. He didn't allow people around him to be his measurement in life. As much as was available in Christ was what he chased. He didn't chase, let me be better than others. And that's the defeating thing for many other people. They try to be as better or better than others, then they rest. As long as they see that their contemporaries, the average person around them, is not doing as much as they're doing, is not praying as much as they're praying, is not fasting as much as they're fasting, is not saving as much as they're saving, is not investing as much as they're investing, and they have outdone their average uh, peers, then they pat themselves on the back and say, I I've done enough. So as you're patting yourself to say, I'm doing well, you need to celebrate yourself, celebrate your little victories, but at the same time, keep running. Be that person who is celebrating while running. Be running, but be celebrating. Are you receiving this this morning? So overcome that false feeling of arrival. Number four is be on a constant measurable pursuit. Be on a constant measurable pursuit. Why do we call this a constant measurable pursuit? In verse 12 of this Philippians chapter 3, it says, But I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. He says, I follow after. I am pursuing. So, in pursuit, there are things that are markers. Markers in terms of you know that you are making progress. You know, if you are on a road, there are signs that let you know 100 meters, 1 kilometer to this place, 3 kilometers to this place. There are markers in progress. I have markers in your life to say you want to get to this level of savings 
But what is the marker that helps you to know that you are on the right track? How much do you want to save in the next three months? How much do you want to save in the next six months? Those should be markers in your life. You need to have uh, a constant measurable pursuit. Don't just have a big goal that is not cut down into different small sizes. As you say to yourself, I want to get more physically fit. Don't go from very unfit to, okay, you are now the athletic man or the macho person you want to be if that's your desire. You see, you must break it down into where these things are smaller in size so that you can be able to know if you're making progress or not because room will not be built in a day. So while you're building your room, you must appreciate and know when you build the foundation of Rome, when you've put the first coaches or blocks on the foundation of Rome, when you've gotten to the lintel, when you've gotten to the roof, when you've gotten to the capstone. You must be able to say, this is my goal, but these are my constant measurable pursuit markers. You must be able to measure them at the same time you're pursuing. The more you break them down into months, weeks, this year, I want to be more prayerful. How are you going to do that? The more you break that down into weeks, you will become more successful all of a sudden. So how are you going to become more prayerful? Have you been praying 30 minutes? Have you been praying one hour? Have you been praying two hours? How can you add to that? What is the thing that makes it end at two hours? What is the thing that makes it end at 15 minutes? Then say, I'm going to add more people to my prayer list. I'm going to be more specific in prayer. I won't generalize people. I won't generalize my family. Whatever comes into my heart when I'm praying, I will pray it out specifically. I will wake up more. Uh, I wake up earlier so that I can give more time to prayer. I will do this. I will go more for prayer meetings. I will listen to more teachings on prayer because when you hear about something, it gives you the hunger for that thing. If I keep talking about food here, you will start thinking about food. So in that way, you are on a constant measurable pursuit. Somebody say amen to that. Number five, the last but not the least, is overcome the crippling power of regrets. To make progress in life, you know, overcome the crippling power of regrets. Paul said, I'm not looking back. <laughs> Paul had done some crazy things. You know, but Paul could write in this portion of scripture, he said concerning the law in verse 6, I'm blameless. He didn't say I'm guiltless. The word blameless means you've done everything to uh, see that your wrongs are covered in the blood, according to the law. Paul had you know, taken people out of their houses and made sure they were killed, stoned to death for following Jesus Christ. He had done some crazy things in ignorance. And Paul said, I don't look back. I don't look back. I will not allow regrets to kill me. Some people will say, if they were poor, if they were today's uh, people, they will say they are suffering trauma. They are suffering depression for the things they've done in the past. How the poor ensure he never suffered trauma for seeing people stoned to death? Later, finding out that the dozens, the, the hundreds of people he had seen killed were actually wrongly killed. Paul would travel from one place from Jerusalem, was going to them, was on the way to Damascus. He was so zealous. He doesn't just look for people around Israel. He's looking for anyone who is preaching Jesus anyway. So he was getting them in their hundreds. And Paul had made a lot of people fatherless and motherless. And Paul was still able to live his life without regrets. If you want to live a life without depression, please listen to what Paul wrote by the Spirit of God. And if you say that to people today, they might think, oh, if you begin to preach what Paul said exactly, they might think, oh, you don't have, oh, you're not 
talking with feelings. No, you don't need to understand my feelings. Of course, understand that your feelings can be overcome. If you respect your feelings too much, they'll become your God. When Paul wrote scriptures, you would think this man had no feelings, but he had feelings. But he told us how he dealt with his feelings so that his feelings don't deal with him. Child of God, if you don't deal with your feelings, your feelings will deal with you. So many people are dead today. They are, they are in drug addiction today. They are suicidal today. They have committed suicide over time because they did not deal with their feelings, but they pampered their feelings. They gave their feelings a chair to sit on to talk to them for hours. Then it graduated to when the feelings told them, don't even sit on this chair. You don't deserve to be out of bed. So they don't go out of bed. They stay in the bed. They cry. They weep all night. They watch sad movies. They, they, they look back at pictures of what could have been. They play sad music on the bed. They play uh, uh, very sad movies to watch them. Then they eat only in their rooms. They don't want to mix with other people. You see, you first entertain regrets. Then regrets began to entertain you. If you keep entertaining regrets, you will turn out to be the guest in your own house that regrets are entertaining. The tables will turn. You will just be the one who was trying to just give regrets some seven minutes, nine minutes of conversation. But the longer you allow regrets to talk to you, regrets begin to tell you, look at you. Let me talk sense into you. Let me talk wisdom into you. Now let me talk how to do life into you. Because you don't deserve to continue walking on this earth. And many people have committed suicide by listening so long to regret. Paul said, I know by the Spirit of God how to deal with regret. He says, I don't look at the things of the past. I don't look at the things that are behind. He says in verse 12, not as though I have already attained, either where I already need perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend for those things, uh, apprehend for which things I am also apprehended of Christ. It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Verse 13, this one thing I do. What's that thing, Paul? It says, forgetting those things which are behind. You must develop, child of God, you must develop selective memory. Forgetting those things which are behind. In Intentionally forget the things that make you wallow in regret. Forgetting those things that I've done. Forgetting those things even that I've achieved. The good, awesome. I will think about them, learn from them, but move on. If not, I will overparty on the good things. The bad, I will learn from my mistakes and not repeat them. I will not wallow in the mistakes. The regrets, I will not allow to come into my life. As long as I've taken the lesson from the bad, no more regrets. Forgetting those things that are behind you know as we move in a car like you're driving the car do you have the rear mirror but you have the screen the the windscreen in front of you and you're supposed to look through the windscreen to drive the windscreen is bigger the rear mirror the rear view mirror is smaller for a reason because you're only supposed to pay very little attention to what's behind and very massive attention to what's ahead of you if you're going to look backward, it should be for your safety to say, let me learn from the thing I did not do right in the past. So I will take the things that I can take as good lessons from the wrongs I did so that I don't repeat them, but I'm not going to stare at them. Anyone who is staring at the red mirror is going to have an accident. You're supposed to be staring at the windscreen, staring through the windscreen to see where you're going to and only glance for seconds or microseconds at the red mirror. 
if you stare at the rearview mirror and only glance at the or through the windscreen, an accident will surely happen. Glance at the past, stare at the future. That's where you're going to. Where you passed last few seconds ago, two seconds ago, they were your future. But as long as you've passed them, they're your past. You have passed yesterday, yesterday is now your past. Begin to look forward, begin to move forward, begin to propel yourself to do more for God. Oh, I used to pray. I've studied the Bible last week. That's enough. You are still looking and staring at the rearview mirror. I used to do good to that man. I'm no longer doing good to people again. You say, I've done good. People have burnt my hands in the good I've done. I'm no longer doing good again. You are staring at the rearview mirror. Glance at it, but move forward. No man should stop your good from being good. If you are a good man, you can't stop being good. Don't let good be suffocated by evil. Don't let evil turn you to evil. You should use good to turn men to good and turn the world to good. The Bible says that good overcomes evil. Amen, somebody. So overcome the crippling power of regret. That's the number five on how to make progress in life. Hallelujah. And I declare over your life that you are growing in desire to do better in life. The Lord begins to help you have strong, predetermined goals in life. You overcome the false feeling of arrival in the name of Jesus. And I declare, you shall be on a constant, measurable pursuit in the name of Jesus Christ. And every crippling power of regret over your life, I hereby shatter today in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can we pray very quickly? Pray and say in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, help me to have a clear vision, to have a clear goal, to have a clear desire, to have a clear aim in life. May I not beat the air and say I'm walking and say I'm advancing and say I'm moving, but may I have a clear target I'm punching at. May I focus on the clear target, oh God. Help me, my Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Help us, O oh God, that we will be people who are focused who are determined, whose minds are set on a goal and who are not walking in confusion. We ask, Father God, that we will not walk in confusion, but we will walk in clarity. None of us will walk in confusion, but we will walk in clarity. Yes, we will be people of great clarity, people of great focus, people of great determination, that we will all progress. Progress shall be synonymous to our names. Progress and advancement, no stagnation any longer. We break the power of stagnation. We break the power that limits, the power of regret, the power of thinking we've arrived. The false thoughts of arrival will break their deceit over our souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we break it in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Somebody say amen to that. Before we go, take this faith confession along with me. Say in the name of Jesus Christ, I boldly declare that this day, the word of God has tuned my ears to know the frequency of God's voice. By the written word of God, I have received a working knowledge of how my father speaks and what my father speaks. The Bible is God's training manual for me to identify his voice. I confess that Christ is my shepherd. 
and I am a sheep. I always hear my shepherd's voice and I follow him. I do not get enticed or deceived to follow the voice of a strange spirit. For I know my Lord and my Lord knows me. As I journey on this earth, when I need to make decisions regarding which directions to go, I hear my good shepherd's voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. In this world where the blind are being led by the blind and thereby falling into different ditches, I am led by the light of God. Therefore, I see the paths of pitfalls and I avoid them and live in safety. This day, henceforth, I'm making progress. I'm not falling behind. I'm advancing. I'm covering lost grounds. I overcome regrets. I overcome the power of pride. I overcome the power of sin. I walk in resurrection power. Today, I am an obstacle against Satan and I overcome every obstacle of Satan. Today, light progresses through me. The gospel progresses through me. Goodness progresses through me. I am a vessel of kindness and men are showing kindness to me also. I declare that the weather is kind to me today. I declare that the elements of life are kind to me today. I declare that strangers are kind to me. Family members are kind to me. The government is kind to me. The economy is kind to me. All goes well with me. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And I prophesy that I will only rejoice and be glad in this day. In Jesus' glorious name, we have prayed. And someone who believed will say a beautiful, glorious Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for your people who have tuned in to listen. And Father, as we give our offerings, we give in appreciation of your word, of your name, of your work, and also to celebrate your grace upon our lives. And I pray for everyone giving right now. The account details are made available as it's time for us to give. The Lord bless your giving. Bless the heart that desires to give more and makes it able with hands of provision in the name of Jesus Christ. Be favored. Your seed sown is multiplied back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being a part of Sound of Strength. Do well to join me this Friday for prayer. It's going to be another powerful time as we pray via the theme, on the theme, Roll the Stone Away. 9 p.m. Nigeria time on the link bit.ly forward slash N-O-P live. Joining 9 p.m. Nigeria time, that's West African time for night of prayer this Friday. And let us pray through and pray through. Have a blessed week ahead in Jesus' glorious and holy name. Amen and amen. Bye-bye.
away the truth and light. There's a sound coming from my dead. This world would sing that only you truly satisfies. Thanks once again for joining in to listen to this week's edition of Sound of Strength. We believe that you have been blessed. To find more teaching content from Wale Adeniron, go to www.bit.ly slash gracewise. It's your love and financial partnership that makes this possible. To give or become a financial partner of this ministry, please go to bit.ly slash godpartners. We love you and stay blessed. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Allianz Travel Insurance. Are you planning two or more trips in the next 365 days? An all-trips annual travel insurance plan can protect all your adventures for less. Get a quote at AllianzTravelInsurance.com.